Hey, just so you know, I'm Barrett. I mean, that's how I roll, man. <laughs> nah, she, she was good. Tip the stills, man. That's she it, was... man. You don't ever get a return on the call or a text. <laughs> good morning. Barrett Brooks, Dan Cilio, the middle. Yes, sir, man. Good, man. Good. You know, got a little bit of sun. Put some... Put some uh, like sun on the old guinea skin. I'm ready to rock and roll, brother. Look at this, man. <laughs> you had a pretty good weekend, huh? Oh, man. Well, you know, some, yeah. Besides people trying to hack into my Twitter page, but it's what? all good, man. Oh, yeah. People are, see, man, you're going to see what's happening to you is what I love. I know that now Barrett Brooks is making a stamp inside the Philadelphia media market. They're calling him a PC, you know what? And he sucks. He has no idea. Dude, I'm going like this. You don't know how I do this. This guy now. He is. He's starting to climb the Angelo Cataldi tree. Yes, sir. Nice. Nicely done. Yes, Bro, I don't, even, I don't even look at I don't even look at Twitter. In fact, I haven't looked at Twitter since Wait a the last minute. Time now somebody got in your ass before and you said, Man, if that mother ever came in front of my face, man, I would squash him like he was an ant. And that's that's still the case. That's still the case, man. <laughs> it's definitely still the case. I just haven't uh I just haven't um checked it out, man. I mean I, I need to, but I haven't, man. I haven't hey, I, do it, I, Cap. Cap, the weather's getting better and big sills, man. I may be rolling in to see Barrett going out there on that boat because there's two people I'm gonna go fishing with, three people actually now that I have fishing dates with Jimmy, Warren Sapp, and Barrett Brooks. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I may have to make a little tripod circle there or do the diamond there and go up and go see Jimmy first, see you, sap, and come back down here because I like to go tuna fishing too sometimes. See, so do you go out at um do you go out in um in, in Cali? I mean it's oh yeah. It's 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 72 degrees all the time where you're at, man. That's, you're yeah, spoiled. but the water's colder on the Pacific side than the Atlantic side. Oh, is it? Yeah, so you gotta go out a little bit. Or you got you got to go down towards Mexico, if you want to. Um, hey, when an Italian guy like me in a boat, I don't know, man. They may be pulling me over no matter what. Hey, what are you doing over here? What are you running? I don't do running nothing. I have no idea. So yeah, we start doing that. Barrett, I got something here for you. What's up? Now that Joel Embiid has officially won the scoring title, first center. Since Shaquille O'Neal to win it, do the Philadelphia 76ers have a shot at this? The Larry O'Brien trophy. Bro, I wish I could say yes. But at this point, Embiid is going to get his. Embiid is going to get – he's going to drop 35, 40 a game. He's going to give you about 15, 20 rebounds a game. But he needs Robin to start playing, man. Robin with the beard is is, 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 is – I'm tired of I'm, I'm I no longer want Robin the, the the assist guy. Give me put him back at two guard like he played when he was in 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 Houston. I don't need the point guard. I don't need 14 12 assists. Give me him back at the at the at the point guard. Have Maxi play the point so he can get the pace going up and down the court and just have him shoot, man. That's it. Just have him shoot. He wasn't brought in for assist. No, not at all. And but he, I mean, that's what he's doing. I'm, I don't, I don't need that. Good morning, mom. Good morning. I do, Mrs. Brooks. By the way, this was given to me by the NBA. I went to the 2006 NBA Finals when the Heat beat the Mavericks four two. This uh, wasn't the LeBron one. This was the Pat, the Pat Riley, yeah, coach yeah. team with D Wade, yep, yep, and yep. Shaq. 
So this was the one here. And so they gave all the um, media people that covered um, the, the heat that year a replica Larry O'Brien trophy. So it's pretty cool, actually, man. That is. Yeah. And so, like, um, it kind of was symbolic of them winning the championship, Pat Riley winning another title. You know, um, I was gonna, I was gonna buy one of the, um, one of the, um, the copies, the small copies, the ten-inch copy of the Super Bowl. Yeah, you get it, you get it through Tiffany's, but they wanted twelve thousand dollars for it. So they don't give you a copy of that? Oh no, of that Vince Lombardi trophy? No, you gotta pay for it. Do the coaches get it? No, just the team. Oh, so when Dave, Dave Campos got three. He what? paid 12. Well, they won three. He was on that coaching staff with Jimmy that won that right, three. Right, 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 right. So, dude, dude, they had to pay 12 grand for that? For the little one. For the little not, one. For the for the 10 inch one. Oh, oh, not. Oh, okay. So, if you, because what's his name? Wade Phillips has, he's got, he's got a full size Lombardi trophy replica. I don't know how much they cost. Behind his desk. Yeah, I don't know how much they cost. Back when I won it, they wanted 10 grand for it. I asked my boy. If you know he was gonna buy one, he said, "Nah, man, they want twelve grand. We're from twelve to fifteen grand for the little miniature replica, made See, by yeah, Tiffany Steele." Tiffany Steele would rather make one. <laughs> I got plenty. I got plenty of aluminum back there. Aluminum. <laughs> Welded up myself. So you're gonna make hey, Barry, instead of being in silver, he said, "Man, screw that, man. I ain't dropping that kind of money on that." Yeah, hey, man. man. You, you said like you had them arms like I did when it came to opening up that wallet like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you it's my turn to pay? <laughs> oh, wait, me? Yeah, man. Right. You've gone to lunch 14 times. You've never, you, all of a sudden, you get them alligator arms right. and you got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Something's up with that, man. By the way, also, Bryce Harper got his MVP over the weekend. You see it? Yeah, I did. Big time, man. I love the speech we had to say, man. He loves being here, bro. He loves being here. Okay, so, win a championship now. They have they have the bats to do it. They have the scoring to do it. But they still don't have the bullpen. No. You know what I mean? Sir Anthony Dominguez is definitely going to be a shot in the arm. He's back now. He's healthy after Tommy John surgery. And we've seen people can come back from it and, and be very successful. He looks like he's on the way of being that successful uh pitcher but at, at the end of the day man they need more from the um more from the, the bullpen they have to play their starters a lot longer than they've been uh, uh playing them how about this man Eflin's back so you know he's he's playing he's pitching he I think he pitched yesterday I think so well but, you know. man you sound you sound like you're talking to me about the skilled people on the Eagles here <laughs> <laughs> hey 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 Barrett why don't people Take a page out of what the Rays and the Royals did a couple of years ago and look at it this way. I don't need Bryce Harper on my team, man. I don't need any of those guys like Manny Machado or Fernando Tatis. I don't need it. The only way I need it is to turn the turnstiles to sell the hot dogs and get the beers. If you want to win a championship, and by the way, this kind of goes down the, the avenue of, of Jeffrey Lurie. Well, you know, we want to be entertaining and we want to win. There is a fine line to that. I get it. The Rays have no fan base. Right. Sucks. Worst. Yet, there they are. 95 wins every year. Always in the playoffs. Fighting for the championship. And here's where the Phillies are since Charlie Manuel left. 
great lineup. As you get later in the year, the starting pitching starts taking over for some of the other teams like the Braves in the National League. They shut your ass down. You're out. You missed the playoffs by one or two games. You had a nice season. The commemorative, I'll see you next year. That's Philly baseball, dude, the last five years. Yep. But, okay? I mean, Very – watch this. Very entertaining. Harper – here, let me back up on, on Bryce Harper, though. Him wanting to play in Philly and wanting to end his career in that uniform is dope. There's yep. no question. It's the first time I've heard him embrace a place. He didn't embrace Washington. You never heard him make those kind of comments. Okay? But my problem with him is that the day they get rid of him, the next day they win the World Series. I don't right. know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, but, yeah. but, but Barrett, there's something about you don't have to have the best player in the game on your team in baseball. You've got to have a complete roster. And to your point, dude, if you don't have bullpen and a back-end guy that shuts the door for you and shortens those games from five and two-thirds, middle relief guy, setup guy, good night. If you don't have those dudes, you're not going anywhere in the postseason, especially in the National League. You're just not. Well, and that's I mean, where the Phillies are. And, and, and you know, I mean, you look at our, our pitching, man. Zach Wheeler, he's going to do his thing. I mean, he, he's okay. We need Aaron Nola to go back to, like, his second or third year when he first got in. Second or third year, he was, you know, he was, he was making things happen. Um, Kyle Gibson, okay. But Zach Eflin, I need some more out of him. I, I want to see – is he going to return and, and, and be the guy, you know, before the injury? If he can come back and pitch, man, we'll be okay as far as our starting pitching. But after that, man, it's just going to be really hard, man. It's going to be really, really hard. They're going to have to play their starters a lot longer than they, they really want to. And I don't know if that's good or bad, man. Be out of gas by, they'll be out of gas by July. Right, right, right. But what happened to the old days when guys used to pitch entire games? They were conditioned games? that way, Barrett. Hey, and by the way, Marcus, there's no such thing. As a slow news day with us. There's no <laughs> such thing. No such thing. There is none of these like, I got nothing for you. That doesn't work this way, homeboy. That's oh, not and Deion Walker? Here. And but Deion Barrett, Walker? to your point, back I, in I the day. I would draft Carson Strong. I kind of like the kid. I'll get to him in a minute. But to yeah. your point, they were, they, were, they were conditioned to go seven and two-thirds yep. back in the Carlton days. Yep. Hell, man, you can even go back into the early 2000s. If you went seven and two-thirds – Man, complete games. Take a look who let – hey, Xander, do me a favor. Look this one thing up. I got you too, Marcus. I love you, man. I'm only busting on you. Um, dude, what was it? Um, Max Scherzer led baseball with like three or four like uh, complete games. Back in the day, Seaver would have 28. Carton would have 27 <laughs> complete games. And some of these guys would lose one nothing shutouts. Exactly. When you had Carlton – dude, when I was a kid, Barrett, and this is really one of my greatest times. And I would go to, I hate saying I went to Shea because I hate that shithole. But I'll tell you, watching Steve Carlton and Tom Seaver pitch against one another was one of the highlights of my life, watching those guys because the game's over in two hours. Those guys go nine innings, sometimes 10 innings. And it was just masterful baseball. Now, it's a boring game because you get to five and two-thirds, you turn it over to the bullpen, so 78 different pitching changes, and you're there four hours and 23 minutes. And that's the they, problem right there. Yep, way they, too long. Totally, man. man. Way it's too totally. long. It's totally. And, I mean, and, 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 and the relievers back in the day like Gossage, 
Man, those guys, those guys went two, sometimes three innings. Those were exactly. real relievers. Exactly. I mean, and that's why, you know, they come in and they still do. They only go in for like an inning and a half and they bring in another reliever. I'm like, how are you relieving your reliever? I mean, it's ridiculous, man. I, if we're, I, I just want to see guys get out of the fifth inning. If I can see guys get out of the fifth inning, I'm good. But right now, man, they, they go three and a half, four yeah. innings. No, don't let them don't let them have a bad day and they got you know 70 80 in, in, in you know pitches oh man it's like they, their arms gonna fall off they can't That's do another it. thing the Phillies need to do you know what the Phillies batting lineup is horrific at dude take some balls man I mean get get the pitch count up these guys are swinging three three strikes four strikes they're really great teams drive those pitch counts up on a the way to beat the Phillies it's, man, I'm going to sit there, and even if I'm not getting contact, I'm going to take as many pitches as I can to get their starter off the hill. And yep. once you get into the Philly bullpen, that pitch is over. Well, that's they're, what, they're that's what they did. They started halfway through the season, and that's exactly what they started doing. We were having guys, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, last, they wouldn't last three innings because of that. You know, the league caught up with them. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be – it's going to be a great season for, they're for, going to for be, fans. They're going to be competitive, though. I, yeah. I do. I agree with you. They're going to be they're going to be right in that National League East race. I just think, once again, the Braves, just way too much pitching, man. Yep. Just way too much pitching. Okay. I'm going to do something here, and it's not going to be my 2.0 mock draft, but I want to hear if Barrett is going to shit on me on this or what he hear. I'm going to throw some names at you. Okay, for the upcoming draft. What are we now? We're like two and a half weeks now away from April 28th. Okay, something like that, right? couple yep. were like. Two and a half weeks away. Yep, okay. April 28th is the first night of the draft. By the yep. way, we'll be at Oceans. I can't wait to get down there. Yes, um, sir. All right, here's, here's – I'm going to go all the way down to the third round. I've been doing some homework over the weekend. You ready? And the third I got I got all the way down to the 83rd pick. Okay, ready? Oh, let's go. Number 15. Jordan Davis, Georgia. The 18th pick. Linebacker from Utah. Yes, sir. That's Evan Lloyd. That's my guy there. The 51st pick, wide receiver. Sky Moore. West Mich Western Michigan. Mm -hmm. And then he's a little smaller side, but he's fast. The number 83rd pick, Nick Cross, safety, Maryland. Nick Cross. I didn't watch any film on him yet. Nick Cross. I went, I went DT linebacker, wide receiver, safety. That's a good that's that's pretty good. So you went yep, DT. Linebacker. linebacker. And remember, this linebacker, he's one of those guys, and I talked to Kyle Whittingham, the head coach of Utah. Barrett, he said that you could put him in a 34 and a 43. He's as impactful as both hand in the dirt. He can cover tight ends. He's kind of like that Tampa, too. Now, what I didn't like about him, Barrett, he didn't have the greatest combine, and that kind of bugged me a little bit. I didn't like his 40. I thought it was a little high. What well, he and ran a four five, a, right? Something was it four five? Yeah, I think it was like a four five oh. seven, four five eight, something like that. Okay, that's that's pretty good. I mean, 
in our day, that's spectacular. Today, right, these right, guys right. are all running that shit. Well, D right? lineman, or, a 300, yeah, three, D lineman, 320 pounds run that now. I know, man. That guy ran that 478. <laughs> that's why I got Dave. And what I'm looking at here is you got a guy running a 478 at 350 pounds in Davis. You got another guy running a 45, your linebacker. And they went where I'm saying they go with the second round pick, Sky Moore wide receiver. And then I went safety, Nick Cross in the third round. I like that. I like that. I got to look up. You think Howie would go? No. Two defensive players in the first round, though. No. Okay. No. That's what I think. I think he's going to. I think he's going to go wide receiver. He might go to wide receiver the second pick. I, I, I like him. I like your pick, Davis, D lineman. His first pick. That makes a hell of a lot of sense. Somebody to come in and replace Fletcher. Um, they might even move Fletcher out and have him move more in space, be an outside guy, rush the passer, as opposed to him being on the inside. Um, with Jordan Davis in there, he could stop the run. He could still collapse the pack, uh, pocket. Then, I, then the next pick, I think, that you know, in, in 18, I think they go with, with a um, receiver, somebody like Williams. You know what I'm saying? Somebody that can come in now and play. Um, that's just me because – Everybody's on them right now about there's no weapons on the offensive side of the ball out out wide. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean we have no weapons? Xander, will you show me the – will you show Barrett the picture of the FedEx guy who showed up on Friday to the Eagle facility? What are are you talking about? Show me, show me. There was a dude that showed up. uh, uh, Here, look at this guy. They signed Xander. That's, that's the kid Allen from Oregon. That's he looks like guy, he works huh? at Pizza Hut. He's an Olympic sprinter, though. Olympic sprinter. You know, okay. maybe uh, high hurdles or whatever he does. Is that is that Cooper? Is that Riley Cooper? <laughs> Xander said, by the way, that's the last time that dude's pitcher will ever go on the channel. <laughs> What do you mean they don't have weapons? Holy shit, man. The Pizza Hut they signed. Hey, man. I I, I thought he was the FedEx guy. Where is he? That's him. What? See, that's one of those, that's one of those picks where, you know, they're smarter than everybody else. They're trying to reach right now and get somebody. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Howie has no stone unturned. (laughs) <laughs> you love that, don't you? I don't know how you, you love that. that kind of shit, man. What's I... <laughs> man, what do you mean, dude? Are you kidding me? Come on, dog. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's a double check guy, man. Look. <laughs> hey, man. Faster rates. State Farm. Palm <laughs> or Devin? I have no idea. Nor do I care. Oh. Wow, man. I mean, hey. We're getting so close to the draft, man. I can't wait. It's got to be a Howie. This is going to be a Howie show, dude. Wow, wow man. Honey Badger, okay? Think Honey Badger's in the conversation? He's still he's still in the conversation. Like I I, I didn't know that um I didn't know that he went down. He was already in New Orleans. Yes. When he had that impromptu um visit with them down while he's down there. I mean, it wasn't like Mickey they flew him down there. talked to Mickey Loomis, brought him around the facility. Mm-hmm. And the big pitch from what I – Mickey didn't tell me everything. Mickey Loomis is the general manager of the Saints. 
And from what I've known Mickey Loomis 25 years, and I'll, and I'll say this to you, um, it was more like this. Going around, they met they met Gail Benson. They met you know the family. By the way, the Benson should not be running the Pelicans. Just throw that in there. <laughs> um, just to, you know, it was more about selling him coming home. Uh huh. Okay. Uh-huh. And Dennis Allen is the head coach. Obviously, it's not Sean Payton any longer. And it was more that kind of stuff. And then he did the great Zoom call. Hey, who's this? A Towie. Oh, yeah, let's go up on Zoom, man. I'm not flying up there. What are you kidding me, man? Why would I fly up there unless you're offering me a boatload of money? You have to overpay. If you want to bring if you want to bring the honey badger to Philadelphia, you're gonna to have to overpay. And you know why he did the Saints before he did the Eagles? What does that tell you, Barrett? You know, when he's using leverage, he's going like this. If everything's equal. I'm going to play at home in New Orleans. Right, right, right. Where I want so to play you're anyway. You're going to have to overpay. You're right. You have to do that, man. That's that's strategic by him. But just looking at um just just looking at what the Eagles are doing. You can't just swoop in with a one-year deal and think everybody's going to take a one-year deal, man. And that's the problem. You can't think that, man. I you know, I've, I've watched a couple of clips of your guy uh, Cross he has a little something. He's a box safety. He's not a center field safety. He's a box right. safety. Right. But he'll come in. He'll come in and be. He'll be an impact player. He's gonna come up and hit you in the mouth. I think he's. I don't think he has the range of Kyle Hamilton. No, he doesn't. But no. I think, like you said, in that box back there, I think he's an aggressive kid. Yep. And I think he's like your center fielder on plays going deep. I think he could be a factor. You put him. Watch this. You get Honey Badger and him back there in the secondary. You sign Stephon Gilmore. Then you draft this kid, Devin Lloyd, and you get Jordan Davis. Your defense changes overnight, Barry. Overnight, yep, overnight. But And I, you become a factor, and you're slowing people down. There's going to be, with that offense that the Eagles have, there's going to be a ton of three and outs. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, well. And you know what? Why I come say, on, man. Come on, man. Come on. No, wait. Man. The reason why I say there's going to be a ton of three and outs, because if they want to throw the ball more instead of running. Now, if they go back, Barrett, to last year's mentality, there won't be a lot of three and outs because they'll be running the ball effectively. But if they want to throw the ball, there's going to be more three and outs now because until all of these guys get on the same page, you're not going to see – them taking over 13-play drives, J- Jalen Hurts is not going to go on a 13-play drive throwing the ball. He's going to go on a 13-play drive running the ball and making some third downs, and that team has to be third and short. The Eagles, two two issues happen to them in a the game now going into 2022. If they're third and long, okay, and they're not running the ball more like we've been saying, and someone gets a lead on them, dude, that team is going to go five, six wins this year. Five, six wins yep. because they're trying to change mentality, right? They want to change the mentality of the approach in the offense. They have to change something. And, and and just like you said, man, when you, when you go through, when you go through a season like they went last year and, and you make the playoffs, the expectations is not for us as fans, but inside that locker room, they're thinking they're better than what they are but they haven't replenished the forces that, you know, that you need to take it to that next level. You can't go in and play it again and think you're going to have the same results. You got to bring in 
better talent to get better. And I don't think they brought in enough better talent. You see everybody around them in the division is doing that. They're bringing in new talent, new blood, because they understand that the, the league is always forever evolving. And when you have a situation where you have the, the, the Eagles just, all right, we just brought back Barnett. We brought back Fletcher Cox. All right, our defensive line is stabilized now. That's what they're thinking. We're good. We brought those guys back. When you can't, they, that could mean they didn't do enough last year. Now, what could make things different? If those two start playing like, all right, we're playing for another contract. But we all know what's going on in their head. They think that they're already good enough because they've already given them the home count discount. And, you know, we're, we're cool. You, you can't think like that. You know what I'm saying? And I just see too much mediocrity in that locker room that thinks you're going to take it to the next level. Are you excited about this draft or are you apprehensive about this draft with how we're running it? I'm, I'm excited. Or both. I'm excited. I'm not apprehensive. I can't be apprehensive. Andy Waddell is going to help. I'm hoping that he has much more of a, a say-so in, 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 in giving these, um, giving these, uh, giving the guys that are making decisions a lot of information, quality information. That I knew, though, I, I do know Andy's doing. He's given them a lot of quality information. He's given them all they need to make, you know, good decisions. Now, whether they're going to take that and 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 move, you know, move in that direction, we have to see. We'll, we'll definitely have to see. I, I I just to put all your eggs into the NFL draft. I was showing you that the Eagles over the last four years are the worst drafting team in the NFL. Well, you showed me that. I mean. And it's hard when you, you show concrete um, numbers, and and that's the problem because I can't give a, ha- a glass half full or a glass half empty when the numbers are depicting what you and said. Ford, Barrett, we're not talking – now, last year I think they had a pretty good draft. They had a damn good draft. Yeah, and so I'm I'm going to – I'm gonna that was going up to last year's draft. I'm, I, I It looks to me like it's a decent draft, but prior to that, I mean – I'm not talking about one draft. I'm not talking about two. I'm talking about four drafts combined that have made the Eagles one of the worst drafting teams in the NFL. And quite frankly, this is why you're seeing all these rookie contracts that are in place as starters. I mean, dude, when you look around the league, show me a team, Barrett, that's going to rely so much on first-year starters to try to be a contender for the National Football League's championship. Watch this. Look at look at the experience you have in Tampa. Here, I think up in um, Green Bay, Devontae Adams not being there, you're going to have to rely on younger players. That's going to make Green Bay walk back. Look at all the experience that you have in Los Angeles. They got the QB, though. That's the only thing. They got the QB. That's the only thing that keeps them in the game, and that's another shit division. Yep. Okay, that's the only thing that keeps them. But look at the Rams. The Rams, okay, they lose Woods. They go get Allen. So now you've got Cup and Allen Robinson, and you're going to get Odell back in November. You you basically got the same offensive attack, and you got your pass rusher and Jalen Ramsey in your secondary back there. The rest of those pieces, like you and I have been saying, are interchangeable parts. But look at all the experience. There's no first-year dudes that are going to be relied on. Watch this. Even if we go with this draft that I threw out here, so you're going to go with one starter, two starters, three starters, four starters that are going to come out of the draft, and you think that four rookies are going to put the Eagles in a conversation 
to be a contender. They're going to compete. But to be a contender, come on, man. It's too iffy. Would you agree, Barrett? The teams that make the littlest moves in the offseason are the teams that are usually your number one contenders. Mm, Like, look at the Bills. Look at the Bills. Bills made one move. Look at Cincy. They didn't really have to do much. Right. Look at Cincy. They did the same thing. They didn't they didn't go out and get much at all, uh, except for guys on the O-line. Um, you know, you if you look at look at Green Bay. They they sent people away as as for you know signing people. They haven't really made any really big moves either. Well, um, getting rid of Devontae Adams is a pretty big move. That's a huge move. That's a huge, huge move. But um, they didn't bring they didn't bring anybody in though. Um I, th- I think the Rams did. The Rams are making moves still. The Rams are trying to win it again. You know, they went out and got Bobby Wagner. You know, so, Chargers too. Yeah, Char- oh, Chargers. They they understood that they they were so close that they need to go ahead and make a run for. It. To me, the Chargers are like Dallas from last year. They went out and, and 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 you know got the best that they can get. They're trying to make a run for a Super Bowl. They are taking the the game plan that the Rams just won a Super Bowl with and implemented there and in, in, um, with the Chargers. They got a whole lot of, you know, a whole lot of key pieces. Key pieces everybody said they needed to get, they went out and, and did. Who so said the best offseason in the NFC East? It, in the NFC East? Mm. The Eagles? No. Mm-mm. Ain't the Cowboys. It had to be Washington. Because they of got where? a quarterback. The quarterback. Yeah, they yeah. went and got a quarterback. Barrett's they got their quarterback. They yeah. got their quarterback. They got their quarterback. Or a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or a quarterback. Right. They, right? Or the, yeah, they got a quarterback. Yes. They got a quarterback. So they had the best offseason, and the Eagles just, you know, adding a Pizza Hut guy, and, you know. <laughs> what is Pizza Hut guy? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> When Xander showed me the picture of the guy, I was like, who the hell is that? What does the guy work at? Office Depot? I was like, dude, and he's white. <laughs> I was like, wow, and he's a hurdler. I was yeah. like, this, get the, whoa, man. Holy cow. <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's the next Jet. Remember Jet? Jet was a one-trick pony. He's just Seriously. Catch nine routes. That's it. I, I, I thought that was Xander's long-lost brother, man. Hi, Xander. Hey, let me Jacob, tell you about I'm Xander. I'm surprised you didn't have a Jacob Media shirt on. We went to uh, we went and played in a charity basketball game yesterday. How'd it go? We got blew out. They Who's we? Well, Jacob Media. We played against this. Uh, we played against the the Union Boys, Union Electric Boys, man, and they and they killed us. Did they? The, the Union Boys probably brought some ringers in, though, didn't oh, they? Of course, they had two guys. They had two or three guys, man. That um. They they prepared. They they started working out a, a, a month in advance. Wait, a Xander month in advance. That, Xander says you put no points up. I and, was no points. And, and, and this guy was th- th- this guy was like he's he says he's dropping buckets, man, and dropping dimes out there. Was he? No, he wasn't doing all that. Come on now, <laughs> come on now, no, come on now, bro. We we I bro, I took like three or four trips down the course. I'm like, yo, my lungs were on. Fire on fire. I smell like I, 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 my lungs felt like I, I smoked a pack of cools an hour earlier. That's how my lungs felt. They were on fire. Who's, who's the guy that played at Duke that played for the Sixers? The white kid. 
uh, played for the Sixers from Duke. Played for played for the Clippers too. Played at Duke. Backcourt guy, three up oh, shit, man. I went and I met him and Tiger and Spud Webb at a Blue Martini. What the hell's that kid's name, man? White boy, three point shooter, man. Oh, you talking about JJ Reddick? JJ Reddick, that's yeah. who Xander thinks he is. He thinks he's JJ <laughs> Reddick. Hey, honest to God, man, I was when I lived in Orlando, I got to become friends with JJ Reddick when he played. Good dude, with man. Oh, Good he's dude. a cool dude, man. He goes, yep. meet me at the Blue Martini and don't tell anybody you're coming. I was like, all right. I show up at the Blue Martini. Who's there? Spud Webb, Tiger Woods, and him. I was like the weirdest threesome I've ever been a part. Well, I think it's the weirdest threesome I've ever been a part. <laughs> and so, hey, well, you know, you, you, hey, well, you know, uh, Uncle Luke, just leaving it there. Big seals, big seals. Yeah, you gotta leave that alone. You gotta leave that alone, bro. He he goes, no cameras, no nothing, no pictures, no tigers. I was like, holy shit! By the way, man, I want to hit on that just for a couple seconds. So, like, somebody won the tournament. I don't even know who won the, uh, the Masters. All I know is I was watching Tiger the whole weekend. We'll hit on that, too. A little bit more. And also, as we get ready for the draft, there's got to be pressure on Howie somewhere. Or maybe not. No, there's a lot of pressure on Howard. Okay. A lot. Let's hit on this. There's no So, there's no pressure on Howie Roseman heading into this draft. There's absolutely why? pressure. I want to know why. Okay, Barrett I got Brooks, Dan Cilio, hit the like button, back in three. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. 
Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, Metal Fairbrook fans. My daughter and her Grand Canyon University beat UCLA over the weekend, thirty-one wow. to three, to qualify. Thirty-one for, to three, yeah, thirty-one to three for the um, uh, for the tournament for the national championship that will be this weekend. And um, so my daughter and I and I got a chance. I watched it because they streamed it. So. My daughter's got this shiner, dude. I mean, she got a huge black eye. Like somebody poked this night. Yo, hey, she sent it to me. I was like, oh my God, man. Then she got kicked in the calf, which you and I know. Kicked in the shin or kicked in the calf. They're they're paralyzing. You'll sit on the ground for about two two to three minutes and you'll yep. just go, Jesus criminy. <laughs> and you'll get up and eventually you can kind of walk it off but you know so i saw her and i'm barrett i don't know about you and i'm sure you're like this too man me and you probably have broken every hand every every finger on our hands our wrist everything At least three times when your kid gets it i want to go whoop somebody's ass yeah i mean i jump up and i'm like <laughs> holy sh-. there she is she's on like this man she's on the on her knees like this she's got her head down she gets up, man. She's number seven. She gets, she's over there and the, she's the captain of the team too. And so, you know, she walks over to the sideline. She gets, I see her do this, man. She gets a drink. She's got a little blood coming out. She goes, spits the blood out. I'm just sitting there crying, going, look at this chick. Look how tough. Gets right back out there, spits blood out, has a shiner like this goes out there and continues to whoop them. And I go, why didn't you come out? She goes, Cilios don't sit the bench. <laughs> and I, I went like this to her. I'm going, I can't tell you, man, how great that. Oh, no question. That's Dude, I was. Your chest was got this big, right? Oh, God, man. The, the set of cannolis on her, man, is like <laughs> enormous. Dude, I was so proud of her, man. Dude, I'm. <laughs> She goes like this. She goes, Dad, you, what would you think? Do you think I was coming out? I go, no, I did not. And I, he goes, why do you? I go, let me tell you something about athletes. You know this, bear. When you're a young kid, my, daughter, my daughter's broken her collarbone. She's got, I mean, I, once you get over the tolerance of pain, you first sprain an ankle, you twist the knee, hyperextended elbow. You build all these little, like, muscle memories up. To where the littlest injury, you get bigger. Then you get a knee injury. Then you get a shoulder injury. And I told her, I go, you're now at the level where you understand the difference between pain and injury. I said, you know how hard that is for certain people? How many look, – look, look, look at Ben Simmons. Right. This guy's right. a mental fruit loop, yep. and he's got a bat – whatever. And some of these guys – right, Barrett? Sometimes availability and playing through pain like that sometimes for any athlete that's part of the battle, like keeping yourself on the court, on the field, on the diamond, or on the ice, right? 
We'll see. That's you know, like I said, I did that um that Syracuse game, the uh, the the spring game, and that's exactly what the head coaches said. He was like, you know, Barrett, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I practiced these guys so hard this spring because I had to show them that you know there's a difference between playing in pain and playing injured. You can play in pain. If you're injured, then you can't play. But more times than not, kids don't know the difference between the two. You can get over the pain. You know, yes, your body is telling you, hey, you know, I, I'm injured right here. But it doesn't necessarily say you have to stop. It just means, okay, I'm injured. But you got to keep going. You got to keep fighting, man. I have such a high pain. Like right now, what you don't got, what the stream doesn't realize, I played that basketball yesterday. Every single bone in my body is killing me. My Even my neck hurt. And I had nothing to do with my neck. Let me Arms, ask you one question. Let me ask you this about your about your body. Do you get what's the longest you sleep at night consecutively? Uh, at the very most, three hours. Then I gotta adjust. I gotta move somewhere. Two and a half, three hours, bro. You and know. going up and down that court, like you were just saying, everything hurt. Oh man, oh man, and, and it's and it's hurting even more now. I know tomorrow, tomorrow, it's always two days later where you feel the worst you play. You know, say so feel the worst that you're going to play. You know, it's like right now, like my shoulders, my shoulders, man. I, I, I went up to grab a cup of coffee, um, a, a coffee cup, and I went up there. Like, even now, I can't even get this. Bro, my shoulder's killing me. I can't even really raise it up. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's just the nature of, all right, it's just, it's just an old injury. But I'm not, I'm not injured. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. You know what I'm saying? Watch I'm this, Barrett. Barrett, watch this. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay, watch. I can do this one. <laughs> I have uh, no range on this one over here. I, I can do it okay over here. Yep. But this one, I, can, I, got I can't I can't get it up there, man. Like, like, like I can like go here. <laughs> never, man. I can never. And how about when you try to get yourself in some shape, Barrett, and you go for a walk, your knees swell, your ankles swell. I keep trying to tell everybody, Dan, why don't you just try to get in shape? It ain't that easy, bro. Not at all. I have to run in a pool, Yep. do stuff like that because every single thing. And, again, he played 12 football seasons. I was fortunate to play seven professional football seasons. And, dude, it's the camps and it's all that other shit. Right, right. Like, right. I got the utmost respect for for Tom. Tom's the man, bro. Tom is the man. Twenty two years. That's ridiculous. How about how about a guy? How about a guy like um, Anthony Munoz that played twenty years offensive tackle? Mm. Guys like that, right? Or any of the Matthews? Oh my God! Twenty two year. All of them are seventeen to twenty two years. Yep. You yep. imagine playing two career. Tom Brady's played two of your careers. <laughs> That's just to put it in perspective, bro. To put it in perspective, I played 12. He played. He's playing in his 22nd career. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Hey, I mean, by the way, an athlete injured over the weekend. Um, hey, and just so Xander knows, Nick Saban showed up to the final round of the Masters. What? And followed Tiger around. Wow. How did Tiger – how did he, he fare, man? He blew up over the weekend. Um, it was pro- it was his worst. It wasn't probably. It was his worst um, showing. But I didn't care. I'll tell you what. He won the Masters. 
Who won the Masters, by the way? Somebody tell me on the stream. I don't. Scotty Scheffler. Who? Scotty Scheffler. Okay, great. I didn't care. <laughs> okay. Hey, watch this. Yeah, because he's five year old. He likes following mm -hmm. champions and watching Tiger loop around. He was limping significantly. Mm -hmm. Okay, after. I'll tell you something, man. In our world, when you get humbled and they chop you down and society chops you down, you know the greatest thing ever happened to Tiger was that nine iron upside his head. Because you know what it did? It took this mythical god of a athlete and humbled him in front of the world. And all of a sudden, Tiger's got he, – he, he, we can identify. Not everybody's a perfect husband. Not right. everybody's a perfect person. We all know this. So don't try to portray it like he did. They painted this picture of him, and his key people did, and so did Tiger, of this, like, untouchable guy. I was telling you, you know, when J.J. Redick, the guy was a complete jackass. Okay, what? but now – oh, he was – yeah, no pictures. The, they were taking cameras away and, like – um Phones away because people were trying to take pictures of him. It was really, it was kind of obnoxious. His J. 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 Caddy, was that? JJ Reddick was? No, he had oh, bodyguards. So tiger. Oh, Tiger. Bodyguards yeah. were taking these pictures away from people and like grabbing their phone. It was like his, his caddy, that Steve Williams guy, used to throw cameras on the course because they were Tiger hated pictures. But now when he was walking up 18 and they were. And they were cheering him like that. And he had put his worst effort in the history of the Masters. People, dude, I'm telling you, of all the heroes that African-Americans don't have in this country, and people rip them apart, Tiger, Kobe, guys like that, Barrett, that have had issues but have humbled themselves, I'll tell you something. I'm a better dad because of Kobe. No question. Kobe reminds me every day to tell my daughter I love her because you're not you, – you are not promised tomorrow. And Phil Jackson said the most obnoxious thing about Kobe Bryant. Kobe's going to die alone. Nobody will love him because Kobe hates everyone. That wasn't the dad I saw doting over Gigi, the rest of his family. Man, I, th I, I think he Who became – that? Phil Jackson said it in his wow. book that wow. Kobe was good because he was a miserable dude when he played. He didn't like anybody. So I know, dude, you don't ever remember outside of Paul Gasol, who wanted to play with Kobe Bryant at the end of his career? Nobody right. played with Kobe. Well, I mean, it's because he he wanted to win so much. Jordan's the same way. Agreed. He was a jackass too, yep. but he understood he needed other people around him. Kobe didn't care. Right. <laughs> Kobe was hey, Kobe was going to score 81 points. Yep. He didn't care. He was going to take it. And really, he had a Jordan, he had a Jordan gene in him. But all of a sudden now Tiger's like that, dude. I root for him. I watch him. My father, okay, was a Phil Mickelson guy. And my dad's talking the other day to my aunt about going, man, this guy's done more for golf. He's done more for this. He's I'm, turned my father around. And I'm going like this. Man, that's incredible how people see him today. People are more we, – we, we are more today in tune with Tiger and following Tiger's life. And I'll tell you, I root for the guy. He's one, he's one of the greatest – and I will say athletes because he's an athlete playing golf.
Yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, you have usually fat white guys playing golf like Phil. I mean, seriously, man, that guy looks like the Stay, stay Puff uh, Doughboy. <laughs> okay, if I were going to make a nickname for Phil Mickelson, it'd be Doughboy. <laughs> okay, but Tiger's an athlete. Like like Kepka, too. Those guys are athletes. Tiger brought athletes into golf. Yep, that's what he did, man. Yep. He uh he 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 got he got guys working out to to be able to drive like he drives, you know, play the game like he played the game. And he changed all that. He changed all those golfers, man, made them go in the weight room, made them go in and make sure they're in prime shape. You know, instead of just walking, he made them go in and get in shape, man, because he, they were trying to compete and keep up with what um what, what he was doing. So he changed how you look at it. Um we're talking about a guy eight months ago or nine months ago was in a huge car accident and he placed six, six in the masters. Come on, man. Sixth place. That's incredible. Still say what you want to say. That's incredible. Still, man. Oh man. He was, he was on the leaderboard on the first day and um, we were just happy that he got through the four rounds. That's what I'm saying. Let me ask you right. this over the last, over the last 25 years, MJ Tiger or Tyson, who was more polarizing to you? Uh, MJ. Um, rank, rank these three men: MJ Tiger and Tyson. MJ Tiger. MJ is number one for sure. Tiger's number two. Tyson's number three. In, in that order. In that order, you think? Yep. MJ. I'm gonna tell you mine here. And that's just from, and that's from, that's from, that's from a basketball stand. Cause I, I love basketball. Basketball was my number one sport uh, that I loved. I couldn't play it like everybody else played it, but I love basketball. If you ask me, a, if you ask me differently, who had the most dramatic effect on, on black people, hmm. it would go Tiger then MJ. No, the Tiger, then Tyson, then MJ. Because Tiger changed and brought, you know, black people into, you know, places they'd never been before. Had them talking about a sport that they cared less, you know, less about. Do you know what people don't talk about more? Tiger's doing, name me another black athlete that does Rolex commercials. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Can, can you? No, you can't. There's no black athlete, and no, and and when you watch the NBA, it's traditional Southern foods and mm-hmm. like Popeyes and this kind of stuff. Tiger is doing Rolex, Mercedes Benz. He's the only guy. Not even not even LBJ does that, Barrett. You see, that's why when you say Tiger, he moves. Tiger is the needle. Yep. He here. Here's my guys. Tag you right. No African American athlete has ever had the advertisers, including Michael Jordan. He has not. Tiger's got Nike, Rolex, Mercedes Benz, all the banks, dude. I mean, there's nobody that's ever had that part. That was traditionally carved out for white dudes and white sports. Yep. 
That's what separates him, Barrett, is always follow the dough. Here's mine. The most polarizing guys in the last 25 years for me are Tyson, Tiger, and MJ. And I'll tell you why Tyson for me. I lived in um, I lived in Vegas for a little bit. When there was a Mike Tyson fight, <laughs> that city was shut down. Well, give me your list again. Say it again. I said Tyson, Tiger, and MJ. Wow, okay. Tyson, bro, I have never – I went to – my wife and I, I got a ticket upstairs. Of We went to the Tyson-Peter McNeely fight. This is when he just got out of jail. We were sitting in the nosebleed section – and I'm friends with Don King and his son. They they mm-hmm. Miami Hurricane fans, they're down in South Florida. And so I go, listen, I want to get a ticket for me and my wife. I'm not paying two grand for him. Here, they gave me two tickets to go to the Tyson Peter McNeely fight. He knocked him out in the first round. That that dude was looking for a place in the corner to hide. He didn't want to get hit. Right? Tyson, Tyson chased him around for about 30 seconds and knocked his ass out, Barrett. It was it was pretty stupid. We were up in the third section. There were $1,000 tickets, and the place was packed. I've never seen anybody. I mean, dude, when Tyson came out, he's got that towel on, walks out in them shorts. Dude, man, you go into a Mike Tyson press conference. This guy's talk, he goes like this. I'm going to eat your family. I'm going to eat your family. I don't care who you are. It's right. a little voice, man, but, dude, I've never seen anybody in a package like this. Holy cow. Oh, and, by the way, too, just to keep score, too, man, he'd show up naked. You know, he he dropped his towel. And um, let me just say this to you, man. Garden hoses have nothing on this guy here. <laughs> his name is Mike Garden Hose Tyson, man. It was. Oh! I, that's men screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I um, Tyson was Tyson was. Look at what he did! Look at what he did! What was it a year ago? He did that stupid like exhibition fight with Roy Jones. They gave him ten million dollars for it. He's fifty five. Right, right. I was um, I, I I went to the the Tyson. I don't. I forget which which brother was Klitschkoff. I forget which one it was, but um, it was in it was in Detroit. I was playing in Detroit then, and I can remember I was on the second level, and I had paid seven thousand dollars a ticket. And I'm I'm not even on the first level. I'm on the second level. I'm at the front front seat on the second level. I go ahead and I uh I get two tickets. Me and the wife went fourteen thousand dollars. We go to the Whoa. fight. Yeah, we go to the fight. You dropped it? Yes, I dropped it. I dropped it. And oh, you must have really wanted to see Tyson, man. Bro, it was it was it was crazy because that's the fight he gave up. He quit. He quit in the fight. Remember that he quit? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was in Detroit. And I was right at the second level, and I was right there where they had to walk through. And people were throwing stuff over, trying to hit him, Klitschkoff, because you know he had quit. And walking out, they were actually getting stuff on on us. I mean, just throwing just this just juice, soda, beer, cans, everything. He just wanted to get out of there because everybody paid all this money for these damn tickets, and he just gave up. He didn't he didn't want to fight anymore. He just gave up. 
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And I'm thinking to myself, I just dropped $14,000 on a fight that didn't even last a round. I forget how long it was, but he just gave up. He didn't, he didn't even get knocked out cold he just gave up he's like man i'm not going back out there you, you he just what? sat down and gave up i'm not going back out there but barrett I, I i've interviewed him before and i asked him i go mike it just seems when you came out of indianapolis that you like he goes man i fuck because i had to he goes when i came out of jail man half of me was going through the motions I didn't have good people around me. He goes, it's all my fault. He goes, I allowed myself. He goes, I gave half-ass efforts. You saw just in my training. Man, you saw the difference between him being in and then out. It was oh yeah, no it way. was night and day. And, dude, like you said, if you buy a Tyson fight back in them days, man, it's either going to be over good or bad, but it's going to be over in the first five, five minutes, three minutes, because that's just how that was. He knocked everyone's ass out. And he's so polar, the, the polarizing part. And I got to be friends with Evander a little bit when I was working at WCW. And WCW was based in Atlanta, and he would work out at yep. the same gym, Evander. And so we're working out, and Vander comes walking in. And to me, in my opinion, Evander Holyfield is one of the top five greatest heavyweights of all time. Yep. Guy was a cruiserweight champion, light heavyweight champion, heavyweight champion. He was a medalist in the Olympic Games. Evander is one of the greatest fighters to ever fight. And he, he, he won all those multiple divisions. And he goes like this. Let me, he goes, let me just say this to you, man. Mike Tyson and George Foreman were two of the hardest hitters I've ever been. He goes, both of those guys hit me in the face once so hard, I thought they knocked my teeth out. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, when you're hit by these guys, it's like being hit by a mule. And he goes, it's just, but he had they, he had more skill than those two guys. And plus, Foreman was a little bit older. But I was always, I was a Tyson fan, dude. I I was I was a huge Tyson fan. Tiger, I explained to you, in what he has done. I just saw D Train say he hasn't really done a lot for black, for black golfers. Nobody's done a lot for Asian golfers. Remember, Tiger's 
got Asian in him too, his mother's side of the whole equation. Well, see, that's it right there. It's it's not what has he done just for black minorities. Officers. It's more so minorities, period. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like he said, he didn't want to be characterized as black. He didn't want to be characterized as um, a, a, a Asian. He didn't want to be characterized, period. But that's all a part of who you are. And you have to be characterized because that's what this society does. They put you in, they want us to put you in slots. Yeah, they want to put you in a box. Correct. Right. You know, and I understand he didn't want to be in that box. But just him being out there, like the remarks he made when he found his first Masters, or since, you know, since he won the Masters, are they going to have collard greens at the next uh, Masters dinner? Because, you know, the, 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 the golfer that wins it gets to pick out the menu. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, that's that's effed up, man. Come on. Yeah, but I, I would like to have gone to this one because um, it was a Japanese dinner, and they said the food and the spread was just out of this world, man. <laughs> right. I've been there to have right. that dinner. Yeah, and, and Tiger, that's right, man. Tiger had an old-style Southern um, for all them white boys to go in there and have to eat all that stuff. And <laughs> Let me just say oh, no, Fried man. chicken and greens. That's what I said, fried chicken and greens. Yeah, yeah. But, hey, man, but, you know, but like I said with Tyson – Tyson had every, just about every black household and, 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 you know, all the families in the neighborhoods would have fight parties when Tyson yeah. would fight, you know, the fight parties were epic. I mean, epic, all the neighbors over, you know what I'm saying? I mean, everybody, cousins, aunts, just to watch this game, when you watch that fight, everybody would have fight parties, man. And that's kind of like the nucleus of, 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 of a lot of, Black families, when you have everybody over for those type of events, that's that's where it was, you know. So I can't see what you're saying as far as Tyson having that polarizing effect on people. Period, man. Everybody wanted to see a Tyson fight. Everybody wanted to be around it. You know what I'm saying? And and that I mean I can definitely see that, but I just believe that that you know you look at what Tiger did. Tiger brought entire you know wealth, creeds. Uh, wealth status, uh, um, he color barriers. He brought everybody into the realm of golf, something that people would just think was just a white sport. He brought everybody into it. There Do you put Tiger Woods in the category of Jackie Robinson and Ali? Oh, yes. Absolutely. 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 At, you, there's no question. You cannot, you can't even question that. You know, he, 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 Definitely opened up and bridged a whole lot of gaps, not just in golf, period, but just 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 society, period, man. And you know, just because you know he went through, I mean, he's human. He, that's and, right. And 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 that's the human fact that people try they try to lift their, you know, their 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 you know their superheroes up that they have no faults. Well, that's what you know, being a man is, being a woman is, being a human being is. You're faulted, you know, just by who you are. You're faulted when you came out of the womb. You know what I'm saying? Barrett, what what I admired about Tiger was he elbowed his way into corporate white America. And he's the first athlete to do that. I think Jordan doing that and elbowing his way in was almost by luck because of Nike. Remember, he didn't want to wear Nike. Mm -hmm. He wanted to wear Adidas. And his agent, David Falk talked him into it and said, listen, they're going to make a shoe brand for you. You're going to have a shoe line. And this was the first, because if you remember prior to that, Bird and Magic were doing the Converse. Mm -hmm. And they had the Converse shoes. And David Falk was the first guy to go, 
hey, listen, Nike's going to make a shoe. And he goes, man, N- Nike sucks. His <laughs> early Nikes weren't the best. It was it was more like spot built. Bro, remember it when was... we first played? Remember we post played? Nikes were the worst shoes to wear. Those sharks. Oh, man. They, they were had your feet hurt yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah, they weren't. They weren't very good spikes. They were not no, they the best. And they've evolved so much now. That's all my daughter wears is Nike. I mean, she's, Remember, got, a, she's got a bag of them now. Bro, I had, I had, um, like I said, when I was playing, I had Nike contract. I never got money from Nike, but I got. They got the gear. Uh, 15, I got, I got 15 grand worth of merchandise every year. And I can remember my kids hating to wear Nike stuff. We used to go to New York and. I get, hey, get whatever you want up there. And they would come out with the most, you know, BS stuff. They didn't want to be that. I don't want to wear it. They don't want to wear it. Now they were like, man, I should have took advantage of that when I was, you know, when I was young. Dude, we had everything. I mean, Bear, everything. tell people how many spikes and sneakers we'd have in our lockers. Oh, I mean, I have stacks and stuff. I have like 10 pair yeah. stacked in there, different pair, you know, grass shoes, basketball shoes, running shoes. Would you say half different of them things. shoes you probably never put on your feet? Oh, more than half. Yeah. More than half. I used to give them to the local um, local high schools, you know, because bigger guys, they just didn't have shoes. They didn't have shoes that they could have. So I, I can remember ordering like five pair of um, wrestling, Nike wrestling shoes, and I gave them to the uh, local high school guys because, you know, the bigger guys didn't have wrestling shoes for them, you know. I'd order golf shoes and never played golf. I got I got like seven pair of golf shoes that are in my, um, in my closet that are golf shoes that I've never worn. Never worn them. You know what I'm saying? Hey, D-Train, I got me a bunch of shell toes. I love shell toes. <laughs> Dude, I, I love shell toes, man. Oh, I got I got like a couple of the first pairs. My wife my wife has got over 300 sneakers. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And she's got like over 300 high heels. And you should see her, her, her um, closet. But she's had these shoes like forever. She saved every one of them. And she's got an original pair of Jordans. I got I got like seven pairs of those that they're so old that you know they're Dude, supposed to be white. You know how much money they are? Yeah, they're supposed to be white. They turn yellow because the, the the plastic turned yellow on them. That's how old these shoes are. Hoss, I think you got yourself maybe a couple grand worth of. Oh yeah, those shoes are worth a couple grand. Yes, exactly, exactly. All right, we're gonna take a look. We're gonna go back on the rails with the Eagles here in hour number two. Um, wide receivers. Are going to I'm, I I I took your fifty best players. I asked Mike Lombardi which top fifty guys he liked, and I also asked Mike Lombardi, the former general manager of the Patriots. You hear him on in the market on IP all the time. Yep. I asked him what's the strongest position in the upcoming NFL draft. What area should the Eagles really focus on? I'll tell you what he said. He's Barrett Brooks. I'm Dan Cilio. Please hit the like button now or two. Keep it here on the middle.
Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Number two, middle, Terrence Fancilio. Dwayne Haskins passes away over the weekend. Yeah, man. That was that was crazy, bro. That was crazy. Steeler uh, response was awesome as usual. Uh, Mike Tomlin, clear the heart, heartfelt um, response. And, boy, that organization, man, they love their players. No matter if you're the first dude in the building or the 53rd dude in the building, they just – there's something about that place. And then you get, I'm going to say it, a complete – Ass bag and Adam Schefter tweeting out, um, here's a quarterback that struggled and his struggles in the NFL catching on with Washington. Well, I'm paraphrasing it. And it just for a guy who's just looking to get, I mean, the guy lost his life, dude. Show some freaking respect for the guy's family, for the organization, for the people he touched. He was revered. He was revered at Ohio State. I think he threw 50 touchdowns. When he was at Ohio State, sure, he had issues when it came to um, being a pro. I told you I did. But I didn't hear anybody say he was a bad guy. No, no, no. Heartbreaking. You know what I'm saying? To see something like that, 24 years of age, and he was killed. I'm sketchy on some of the information. They was crossing a road in South Florida, and he was hit by a dump truck or something. And it was just – I couldn't believe it. Me neither, man. It's – it's wild. He was down there working out, trying to take care of business. And we're talking about, you know, you know what, you know, 
his past accomplishments. You weren't talking about his past accomplishments, his, his past pitfalls instead of talking about what he's done. We just lost right. a life, man. It has nothing to do with anything. He, we just lost a life, and that's what we got to worry about, man. We're not worried about everything else, man. I, I, I did think that was that, that showed no coof to me. None was guy who covers the sport too. How do you, you know, you know, you know, Barrett, like you said, man, see, may, maybe, maybe it's you and me looking at him as a brother, right, 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 you right. know, and going, hey, man, this guy's got a family. This guy's we're not we're not worrying about whether or not. He was a five-star NFL guy. We're just talking about a dude here who His was who just got married. Right. Who has now – he's starting a family. He's got a mom. Right. I mean, His he's mom's got a married family, right? Right. You know, I mean, that's t- – t- I lost my mother-in-law um, two days ago. You know what I'm saying? Here, I mean, here uh, in my house, you know what I'm saying? She she had dementia. Uh, Miss Glow, love Miss Glow. I mean, she was – she was, you know, you know, to me, I didn't see her in the state that she was in. I didn't see her as somebody with dementia. I mean, it was a lot of, you know, she's the, you know, I'm going to bust you up or cussing me out and everything else. Come on, mom. You know, I got, you know, you got to take a bath. You know, I mean, she just, you know, she was combative, you know, but I didn't see her in that way. I saw her as, as you know, that's, that's mom glow. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, when I first met my wife, you know what I'm saying? I had to go through her first and, you know, well respected. You know, she was just one of women. She did everything herself. Um, she would walk. I mean, no lie, walk at least twenty miles a day. You know, saying to take care of business if she had to. You know, she lives in South Philly. She had to walk to to Central Philadelphia to take care of business. If she had to go pay for her insurance, she had to go pay for her cable bill. She would walk to these places. I'm talking about miles, five miles away, six miles away. If she didn't call me, and that's Bert, just how excuse me, your fan, your wife's family's from Philly. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. killer, cool. Yeah. yeah. So, Miss Glow, Mom Glow, you know, she just, you know, I mean, I, I was in a, you know, I was in a schedule. She lived with me for the past five, six years. You know, I wake up in the morning, take her downstairs, feed her breakfast, come up here, you know, come up do the show. After I finish the show, I get through the show, go downstairs, you know, feed her again, you know, talk to her again. You know, I was, you know. That was my heart, man. She passed away, man, and and you know it, it's it's been tough the you know past two days. But you know, hey, you know you got to keep rocking and rolling, man. You know, you know, you got to keep it going. And that loss to me, and then I hear about him, you know, losing his life. A young guy hadn't even lived life yet, twenty four years old. You know, I thought he had an opportunity, to, you know, to try to, you know, beat out Trubisky for the starting job. You know, they they were gonna they were gonna battle for it. You know, and for him to lose his life man it's just puts things in perspective man love your loved ones and never you know take anything for granted you know you gotta live life you know you know barrett i love that story and you know what there's more good with your mother-in-law than you you know you just start remembering i don't see in, in situations like that i remember all the good i was raised by my grandparents and my aunt mm-hmm. and didn't really have a mother and father. Okay. Mm-hmm. What little tiny I was when I was a little kid, but those three people raised me. And I had the greatest parents, as far as I'm concerned, of all time. I never wanted anything. I never, you know, asked them for anything. My aunt and my grandparents, they never said no to me. Right. And if it was something they couldn't do, they would try to break their back to do it. And I always remember that. It's funny. My aunt gives me shit now about my daughter because we never say no. 
That's how I was just raised. I mean, we were we were raised that way. I wouldn't have it any other way. And when you see the kind of family, you see all the, you know what? Me and my wife were looking at you, and we were stalking your um, Instagram page. We saw your beautiful wife. We saw your family. I showed her the picture of your daughter. Barrett, we're not perfect dads. Nope. We, we, we try to do our damnedest, you know, and having the great people around us. I've been married 33 years. Yep. Okay. And not every time it's been great, but you know what it's done? It humbles me. It reminds me that, hey, guess what? All the shit that I've done or you've done. Hey, man, I got these kids. I got this kid I got to take care of and I've got to do this and I've got to. It just humbles you. And again, we were talking a little bit about Tiger. Tiger's number one focus right now is on his kid, yep. his daughter, you know, what he's done in his past. It doesn't, it doesn't it change you too, Barrett, for the better. Once you have a kid, it just doesn't, I, to me, it's changed me for the better because I have to always remember this. I can't just be all about me anymore. Right. Okay? right, I, gotta, right, right. I mean, as much as you and I talked about ourselves and not, in a way where we were out there going, oh, I'm doing this. Hey, I got to make sure I train. Hey, I right. got to make sure I eat right. Yep. Hey, I got to be on a schedule here. It sounds like you're you're blowing your horn, but you're not. You're just telling people what your schedule and your routine is. You got to do it. And you got to do it. And it that's the difference when you get a family and you start having to sh- separate that stuff. That's what makes Tom Brady what he's done. Yep. It, it really remarkable, isn't it? You put a family out there. You got a wife who's Giselle. Who doesn't need you? Right, having, she's worth ninety million a year. Important. Right, right. She's making ninety million a year. You know, so like with me, I gotta, you know, I gotta understand. I gotta get my kids to understand that, you know, that I put my pants on just like anybody else. And for me to think that I'm more than what you know anything, then that means they'll start thinking the same thing. And oh, you are not hot stuff. You know what I'm saying? I mean. You, you, you got to make sure, you know, like I t- talk to kids all the time. I go into school, talk to kids. And my big thing, what I try to, the ultimate we- message I try to get to them is whatever you do, do it to the best of your ability. Me being on this show every day, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I'm not going to give you a half ass effort. Um, you look at, finish you know, it. right, right. You know what I'm saying? So I tell kids all the time, whether it's in classroom, whether it's out on the field, whether it's me being a son, a husband, um, a nephew or an uncle, I got to do it to the best of my ability. I mean, even when I was doing my dirt, when I was in, you know, doing whatever I'm doing that I'm not supposed to be doing, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I'm going to be out in my garage trying to weld to the best of my ability. I'm going to be cooking dinner to the best of my ability. I try to do it that way. That way it's conditioned in me to always do it that way. That way you don't have, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have any regrets for what I've done because I did it the best way I could. So me, being with my mother-in-law, even with dementia and, 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 you know, and her not, you know, knowing who I am half the time and everything, I have no regrets, none whatsoever, no regrets on being the son-in-law to her. So when she passed and she passed in my, in my bedroom, I had no regrets. Those are comments that came over me because I knew I raised that lady like she was my real mother. She knew that she was well-loved in my house. So I don't have any regrets. She's a, she's up there right now with her son and her husband now. You know what I'm saying? So I have no regrets, but I just did it. You know what I'm saying? I I, I she she lived a great life while she was here at my house. That's a beautiful story. It's 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 you know. Sorry, I'm not trying trying to be everybody. No 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 no. It's a story of family. Right. Right. We need more of these stories, not less. It's see to me, Barrett. 
that's not a sad story. It's a story of love. Right, right, right. How can that, how can that not inspire you to have respect for somebody when they need you the most? It's the most important time in people's lives when they can look to someone to make sure right. that they have your hand right. and that you have. And to me, those are, those are love stories, dude. I have, I mean, you know, look, obviously condolences, but dude, that to me, what you were talking about, you can hear it in your voice. It was love. Right. Right. That That's the girl. most important that thing, man. Yeah. And, 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 and Barrett, you should, you should look at that as somebody touched your life enough for you to do that. Right, right, right. Because I, I think, all right, what if it was my mother and, and somebody's taking care of my mother and they're not doing it to the best of their ability? You know, I'm, I'm, I'll be pretty pissed, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I, I just, I, that's just, just how I live my life, man. But, you I'll know, share we, we something with, I'll share something with you that I, 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 I rarely share and I don't want my aunt to start crying here. But so my grandmother had a stroke. This was a couple years ago, around this time, around Easter. And I remember my aunt, man, got to get here, got to get here. My pop had died. My grandpa had died in 98. My grandma was, my, she, she talked to my daughter on the phone, but she never got a chance to meet her. Man, I dropped whatever I was doing. My wife goes, get your ass on that airplane right now. I'm like, my aunt's calling me on my cell phone. Get here, get here. Man, I sat with that lady because she had been with me my whole life to the last breath. And I'm sitting here with me and my aunt. We sat there, and the only thing that came over me was just all the great love and all right. the great times yep. that we had. You know, you know, Bear. They look at athletes sometimes that we don't go through the same things as everyone else. Exactly. exactly. And the most important people that touch your lives. You know, we're just as we're just as fallible. We're just as human. We're just we have the same stories you do. Okay, we're no different than you as humans. And to me, every time I hear people talking like that, I, I think of love and I think of all the love that I had for my folks. Every, I, I was my grandfather's shadow. And to hear you being there at the end, bro, that's why you're the man you are. That's why you're the man you are. Are we all perfect? No. But I'll tell you this, dude. Good for you, man. Appreciate that's why it, man. Places, dude. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate that, that's, that, and, and, and the week of Easter, too. Right. I mean, we'll I don't know if you get on your knees. Oh, like I do. But um, man, I I I pray for knowing that lady. I would be praying for knowing that lady and having her in my life. I just that's exactly what it was for me. That's why I have no regrets, you know. And and it was peaceful, man. She 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 went she went peaceful. She wasn't suffering or anything, man. She had a she had a um she had a stroke and then a massive heart attack, and it was like it was like so she really didn't she really didn't feel anything. It was it was instant, so. I thank God for that, but you know, it's, 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 she's in a better place, right? Like I said, she's with her son and, and her husband right now. So, you know, she's with her two boys. So she's good. She's good right now. Better off than we are right now. Put it like, <laughs> Hey, we're, Hey, we're praying for you the Easter week. Just, I know that's my, my, my love for you. And again, um, I just love how you love man. Cause it's important. Now I see why you're a tremendous teammate too. Bro, I don't know where the pork chop thing came from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where did the pork chop thing come from? Man, I don't know. That's that's, that's you know that has everything. That has everything to do By with. The way, in, honor, in your honor, I got pork chops for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you know that was that was that was that was all my uh, 
that was, that was, that was all my coach, man. You know, he he just started start calling me poor child. I'm like, where'd that come from, man? <laughs> Did you think it was a rip first? Yeah, well, it's it's still a rip. He's still a rip of me, poor child. Hey, and like he tell me on when we used to weigh in. So back when I, you know, when I towards the end of my career, we got fined nine hundred and ninety eight dollars a pound. That is crazy. So I mean, it's more now. I don't know what it is now, but it was not. And you know, bro, you ten pounds over, that's ten grand. That's ten grand, bro. Bro, I'm like, come on now. So you know, every like Wednesday. Said, no, every no, we weigh in on Thursday. Thursday. So 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 you know, coach be like, hey Brooksy, you know how BC is, Brooksy. You know you weigh in tomorrow. I need that money. Give me a little money. I'm like, nah, coach. No, whatever it takes, I'll be up. If I got to get here at 5 o'clock in the morning and sweat out five pounds, I'm not giving you any of my money, coach. Oh, you'll give me a little bit. You'll give me a little bit of that cheese. Give me a little bit of that cheese, poor chop. And that's how I started, man. That's how I started. Give how much money do you think chop. you paid in overweight fines? Um, Probably, probably around about 17000 and one oh, time, I knew you were never gonna get. You ain't giving free money away. <laughs> oh no! Well, my, my, the first time I ever got fined was my. They third probably year. switched the day up on you. No, it was my third day. So we go to camp, and we report to camp, and I'm two pounds under. So I'm straight. I'm two pounds and I'm straight. So we weigh in on 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 Monday. So I'm going away. I'm cool though. Ray Rose, I'm like. I'm going to weigh everybody in again. So he weighs us again on Wednesday. We're supposed to weigh in on Thursday. He weighs us in on Wednesday. As soon as I walk in, I'm like, yo, what's going on? We hadn't <laughs> practiced or anything. Usually you get a day to practice, you know, before you weigh in the next day. You, we practice on Wednesdays and Thursdays and Friday. Well, he weighs us in on Wednesday morning. I come in, and I was 10 pounds over. Wow. Ten pounds of water weight, though, and it was our day off. Tuesday's our day off. Yeah, so I didn't do anything on that Tuesday. We just reported to camp on Wednesday. Tuesday our day off. So I man, I I might have ate a T-bone steak, mashed potatoes, gravy, uh, mushrooms. Ten pounds, bro. I wrote that ten grand. I wrote that check for ten grand, bro. I was sick. I was <laughs> sick. I said never again, never again. So throughout a twelve year career, I might have. I might have weighed like two pounds over here and there. You know what I'm saying? It was like, you know, very randomly that I did, but usually never, never, because I'm there. I, I like my money. I like to keep my money. Boy, you should. Hey, the guy who struggled the most with his weight was Nate. Oh, I heard about Nate. Hey, dude, he's there at 630 in the morning and it's weighing Nate, man. He was 300 in like, 50 pounds one year. And Nate ain't the tallest guy. He's like 6'2". Right. <laughs> he's not a tall dude, man. This guy's like, he's he's like 6'2", and a half maybe. But he's like three. And, and when he gets out, I've never seen a guy eat two 16-ounce steaks back-to-back -back in my life and look what? like, oh, my God. We were at, we were at this steakhouse, two 16-pound steaks. He ate them back-to-back. -back. He's got his name. <laughs> Whoever can eat the 16 pound steak gets their name on these plaques at this um, steakhouse in Thousand Oaks where we used to have our training camp, the Cowboys. 
His name is littered everywhere. Man, we walk in there and everyone's like, Nate, oh my God. He gets a free steak. Nate goes, watch this. 16 pounder. Sure enough, man. Nate goes, you want to see it again? I go, yeah, I want to see you eat that again. I couldn't finish it, man. And he's like, wham, put down some potatoes, had a salad. Potatoes too? Potatoes too and the two 16-ounce steaks. I looked over at him. I went, that is absolutely the most effing craziest thing I've ever seen anybody. He goes, Hoss, let me just tell you this, man. If I didn't have the potato, I'd be eating me right now a cream cheese salad. I mean, a cream cheese like uh, dessert. And I'm going, I've never seen anybody in my – Nate struggled right. with his weight. <laughs> Bro, my boy Casey Hampton, he didn't really struggle with his weight. But he just didn't want to hear nobody talking to him. So when he come in, they knew. Casey came in, hey, man, here's a blank check. We'll settle, <laughs> we'll settle up at the end of the season. Don't say nothing to me. Just write my weight down. And I'm going to go to my locker. I don't want to hear nothing about being overweight or anything. Don't say nothing to me. And we'll sell it in the season. One time he he paid $120,000, $118,000. Yeah, and, and wait. I mean, it went to charity anyways, and you got to write it off. But he was like, you know, you know, don't, don't talk to me about weight. As long as I'm out there producing, I don't care to hear what you have to say. Don't say nothing to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be all right. And- Shut up, Eddie. You know what I meant. All right. Here now. You really believe that there's absolutely no pressure whatsoever on Howie moving into this? No. How can everybody else be under pressure but him? Not under – everybody else is under pressure. Jalen's under pressure. Nick Sirianni's under pressure. You have to get this draft right, man. You haven't done shit in free agency. You know what? Okay, I can hear everybody in Philadelphia and Barrett going like this. Okay, pipe down, kid. I'm going to school you in here on how this works. No, it's not that. You can't school you in because you're absolutely right. He should be worried, but I doubt seriously if he's worried. First of all, this is one of the deepest drafts yep. in the positions that he has a need for. Absolutely. That's number one. That's exactly what Mike Lombardi said. That Lombardi from The Athletic said that this draft – Outside of quarterback, there may not be a there may not be a guy like what we saw with Micah Parsons, but there's a lot of dudes at the edge rushers. There's a lot of guys at the wide receiver position. Yep. Pretty deep old line, too, Barrett. Yep, yep, exactly. Exactly. So this draft, like you said, may not have the headliners, but you're gonna find people. Like we were talking about this kid from Maryland, this kid Nick Cross who I think that the Eagles could really get and really help him out in the third round as a safety. Yeah, I was looking at, you know, I was looking at, you know, safeties before. And I, I see Nick Cross, he was right at the line because I looked at the, the, the six best safeties in this draft. And um, I, I just went through my notes. And I had uh, Hill from Michigan. He was like number two. Sin was like number three. Um, Penn State's got a guy, Brisker. I think he's pretty good. But then there's a guy named um, – Petrie and I watched a couple games you know Baylor games because I had you know I had to do some um Big 12 stuff so I watched him you know against um West Virginia uh Kansas State so I watched film and he stuck out all the time I think he was like number three or something like that but Petrie is is one of those guys that can come in he will be he's gonna be a, a great player mark my word what's today's day is today the 10th 11th the 11th 
Mark my words, Petrie will be a dominant safety in the NFL. A dominant safety in the NFL. Baylor safety. I like him a lot. Now they can probably get him uh, third round, second round, right around there, and he would be a force on the team. I love the way this kid plays. So, you know, and then, I, you know, like I said, for a little while, I was looking at a little Nick Cross. He's one of the box that he's going to be all right, too. But I love this kid, you know, Petrie, you know, Jalen Petrie. He's uh, He's got a little size to him, six foot three, 200 pounds, 205 pounds, can run, very physical. You know, I like the way he plays. Barrett, when you're looking at kids and you're evaluating kids, do you look at do you look at programs? Yes, you have to. What have tell to the at. folks why? You have to because you have to look at you know the offenses that are run inside that um inside that uh you know the teams they play and the teams divisions that they play in. I mean, it doesn't make sense to go out and get an offensive lineman really from a team in the in the in the you know out west because number one they don't run the ball so they stay in a two-point stance all the time it's kind of like that with the big 12 but some guys sometimes you have to run in the big 12 so every once in a while they do but it's hard to get um but then you know you look at you know the corners and stuff like that out there and safeties i mean that's all they do is throw the ball so they can usually cover well and, and, and you know do those type of things um but when you look at the guys in the SEC and you look at teams like Alabama, Alabama's a factory. So everybody they put out is probably a top, you know, top two or three at the position that they're in, in the country, in the country. So it's easy to go to a team like Georgia. And like as we said before, you can go to Georgia. I can go to Georgia and Alabama. And you can pick your whole first round out of just those two teams. I mean, I'm, I'm including, you know, juniors and sophomores and all that stuff too. But you could take and draft the entire first round on those two teams, and I guarantee that they'd be a great draft. You know, the teams that they – the guys they draft would be great and contribute this year because that's how good the athletes are in those programs. The, Barrett, this is, this is how I look at a kid. First, I start with production. Yep. If the kid's productive, he's got numbers, that is automatically going to draw my attention. Up. Yep, make you look I up. like sacks, TFLs. I like guys who have yak. I like guys who move the chains. I like guys that are athletic. And I'll take the combines and production, and I'll start there. But then I move into this. Who's his competition and who's he playing? This is why when Wentz got drafted, I went, right. <laughs> who the F does this kid play against that I'm going to sit there and gauge whether or not this guy, and not when things are going well, because guess why with Carson Wentz? When you play in that conference and in that division, everything's going to always be set up for you like it's a pro day. Every day's like a pro day. I want to know when Carson Wentz has his back to his goalpost, He's on the 10-yard line. It's third and 15. What are you going to do? Are you going to make a dumbass play and hold on to the ball too long, get it swatted out of your hand, turnover, touchdown, you're down? Is that what you're going to do? I want to know who that kid's playing against. Then I immediately go to who's coaching him. I want to know how good that guy is and how revered he is and usually the great programs 
because you have to pay nowadays. You have to pay for great coaches and great teachers. See, to yep. me, one of the reasons why everybody's going to Alabama as a wide receiver, well, you're being coached by some of the greatest offensive-minded coaches in college football today. Plus, you've got a head coach that's won all these national championships. You're constantly on TV every week. You play at Alabama, which means you're in the semifinals every single year. And to me, you're getting everything you want. Coaching, exposure, you're you're playing against the best opponents. How the F do you go wrong? Now, are there outlier guys like Jerry Rice at Mississippi Valley State? Or recently, Josh Allen playing at Wyoming. Right. right. I'm going to miss on a guy like that, but I'm not going to miss because I'm going to do what you do, Barrett. I'm going to stay in conferences that, to me, produce this position, this position. When you look at SEC, D-line and O-line, man, I'm not going out west or in that Big 12. I'm going into the ACC and into the Southeastern Conference, and I'm getting those guys because they run the ball, they pass protect, they do everything. Wide receivers. Look at the LSU wideouts. Look at the Bama wideouts. Now he would start to look at the Texas A&M wideouts. I mean, sure, the kid Drake, okay, played at SC last year, was a train wreck. The kid looked good. I don't know. Is it junkyards? That team was behind pretty much every single football game that they were in last year. Right. Here, when you're down by 30 and you're down by 35 points and you're still throwing the ball, I don't know how you get an evaluation on that when you're just playing just to let the cock clock run out when you're the opposing team and you're killing Southern Cal. Exactly. I don't know how productive he's going to be when we're talking about games that matter. When's the last time this kid Drake London played in a game that mattered? Now, should I hold that against him? Yeah, because I'm looking at guys who are constantly playing for something every single week in the SEC. There's a reason that the most kids in the draft every year are coming out of the Southeastern Conference. I'm not I'm not I'm not getting off that. And like the Ohio State thing that I always bring up, I am not going down the line of quarterback. This kid, C.J. Stroud, everyone's touting as the guy. I'm doing this. I'm not drafting that guy. Let him go somewhere else. And if he happens to be the next Patrick Mahomes, so be it. But, Barrett, they've never produced a quarterback in 150 years <laughs> at Ohio State. Okay? They've never – Hey, did Jacoby Brissett play at your place? Uh, no, no, no. But that kid Bishop did, right? Yep. Didn't Bishop, Bishop play a little bit at New England? Yep, he did. He was, the, in fact, he was ahead of um, he was ahead of um, uh, Brady at the time. When he first when he first got there, he was ahead of Brady. So Brady was like third team dude, and um, he was second. Yep, and then all of a sudden Brady started balling the camp, and then they cut they cut him, and then uh. Brady moved to number two. And then after that, it was history. But, okay, look at the quarterbacks that are coming out of Ohio State. And with all great respect to Haskins and all these other guys that have come out, I mean, Barrett, you know, I mean, there's there's nothing there. I mean, how about the kid Cordell Jones? Yeah. I mean, he was a complete turd. <laughs> right? He was horrible, man. <laughs> horrible. Who was horrible that guy? Arm, Troy, another guy, Troy. Um, Troy something that won the Heisman. They had a quarterback there that won the Heisman Trophy. Um, God, I can't remember his name. 
And they've just never been able to position that position to where they get the top flight quarter. Dude, Alabama gets the top. So I look at C.J. Stroud next year, and I'm going, okay, well, I don't know. I'm not. Troy Smith, that's it. Um, I, I, I'm never drafting at it. Do you ever do like that, Barrett, where you looked at the history of, like, running backs from Georgia? Yeah. T- uh, Terrell Davis, Herschel Walker. There's some pretty good backs <laughs> that have come out of that joint where it is going on. Yeah, Chubb. And, you know, Sony Michelle, I think, is a Georgia Bulldog. I yep, mean, there's yep. some dudes that come out of that place. That can that that have gone on to do some good things. You know what I'm saying? So right. I, I look at that old lineman SC. I might do that because yep. they've produced some of the best old linemen of all time. Tony Baselli, all those guys, man. Yeah, Anthony Munoz. <laughs> yep. I mean, uh, Mose Bar came out of there. Brad yep. Buddy came yep. out of there. There was a bunch of great Ron Yeri came out of there. Oh, Garrison Garrison Hurst. That's right. Oh. oh. I can't believe we forgot about him. Yeah, Garrison yeah. Hurst is a Georgia Bulldog. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So you know what I'm saying? So when – see, I'm trying to get a handle on how he does – is you think in this draft how he goes heavy defense or do you think he goes heavy offense? I think he goes one pick, first pick, a defensive lineman, then a wide receiver next, and then after that, heavy, heavy defense, heavy defense. So he loads up on the defensive side – and he's content with what he has on the offensive side. Yeah, I, I think so. I You're think. not going to improve that offense then. That is improving to them. <laughs> All right. I want to revisit something that Barrett Brooks said last week with Gardner Minshew and Dillard. I want to hit on that because I thought it was a spectacular take last week. And I, I loved what he said. He's Barrett Brooks. I'll tell you what he said. I'm Dan Cilio, back in three. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back to the middle pair, Brooks Dancilio. Hit the like button. Dude, I thought that was one of the best takes you have had since we've been doing this thing. Um, you think that the Eagles are going to use Dillard and Minshew as trade bait as they get closer to the 28th? Absolutely. Why? Because it makes the most sense because um... – we haven't done anything, so I think we're going to have to make a splash. So either they have to move up to get an impact player earlier in the draft. They can't expect to sit back because they haven't done anything in free agency, not enough in free agency. So they're going to have to move up to get a real impact player. And when you have assets like Andre Dillard, who could start on just about any team, in the league, he could start on about 20 teams in the NFL right now. He is, he is that good. You know, he used to be soft. I think he turned the corner and understanding that hey, it's not a lot of time. It's not a lot of time out here that you can maximize your money maker potential. So he knows he has to do something to be noticed, and he did that last year when given an opportunity to start a couple games. He played very well. He got stronger. He got his anchor down. Dillard is a legit offensive tackle in the league now. And and then we talk about Garner Minshew. Garner Minshew wants to start somewhere. He didn't pay too kindly. Um, uh, that mere fact that he didn't have an opportunity to win the starting position. I mean, he had the stone to go into the office and say, look, what can I do to start in front of Jalen Hurts? And they told him no. So he wants to be a starter. And there's not a lot of, you know, quarterbacks in the NFL that, you know, could possibly be a starter, you know, from coming off the bench. And Garner Mitchell just has to be one of those, happen to be one of those guys that he can do that. You think he's going behind the scenes to how he's saying, hey, listen, if I don't have a chance to start here, I do not want to stay here. And so that's probably where you're coming from with this, right? Is that – Oh, he absolutely did. He, he doesn't want to be here. And so how he goes into the draft to trade up on one of these premium positions, like you said, maybe it turns out to be an edge rusher kid. Maybe it turns out to be – like what if Burks is there? Okay, right. what, what if Burks is sitting there? Or, hey, how about if Kenny Pickett's there? Do you bring a guy do, – do you do you draft a guy in the first round, put him behind Jalen? I mean, I doubt that, that they're going to do that because you have – but then you'd have two, two rookie quarterbacks on rookie contracts. I don't know. I mean, do you, do you take one of these guys if they fall, like one of the offensive linemen? But to me, like you said, how about the kid from Cincinnati? That Ahmad, what's his name? Gardner? What's his name? Gardner? Gardner, yeah, yeah. Soft yeah, Gardner. Gardner. Supposedly, Soft he's the most talented player in the draft. What if he's there at corner? You put him on the other side of Darius Slay? I mean, he's some six foot three, six foot two yeah. guy. 
long, plays aggressive. Even though he's a skinny guy, plays aggressive, not afraid. Never had a quarterback, um, never had a touchdown thrown on him in his three-year career in Cincinnati. Uh, he can play. He can play man to man. He can play zone. Very instinctive. Um, runs well. Could I mean, Dillard he, get a first rounder? I believe he could. I, I believe he could. It's hard to find genuine left tackles in a league. And if you watch the film, go. I'm, 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 if you don't believe me, oh no, no, I'm, I'm, I will. I'm telling. I'm, I'm telling everybody. If you don't believe me, go watch the film. Go watch the film. He made you it happen. You get a first boy, man. That can you imagine how he's getting that first round draft choice? You you go to Cincinnati, and you go like this to Cincinnati. I'll trade you Dillard for a one. Mm-hmm. You think they'd nibble on that with the thirty second pick? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, without a doubt. Wow. That, then how he gets his other first rounder back, and then maybe you take the quarterback down there, right? Well, I mean, it it it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a bad. That wouldn't be a bad move. Just put it like that. It wouldn't be a bad move at all. Man, because Mitch, you're, you're right. Mitch, you does not want to stay here. No. He no. does not want to be here. You know, I, I wouldn't doubt, too. Barrett, if you're talking about a guy who is looking at the scenario where he's probably in there every single month going, hey, look, guys, I'm wasting my career here being here. I love the fact that I'm on an NFL football team, but I want to go someplace and start. And there's teams all over the NFL, Barrett, that you can you could put him in and that he could start. If anything, he's a bridge guy for you until you find that yep. guy, right? Yep, exactly. Exactly. Well, exactly. brother, I'll tell you what, man. You had a really great story today of love with your family, and I think we all send our condolences to your family. Thank you. Appreciate it. I think it. everybody in here knows how much we love you, man, and, you know, really all prayers during this Easter time, man, and I'll tell you what. It's going to get even hotter now as we get closer to the upcoming NFL draft. Folks, we really appreciate you stepping in with us. Please hit the like button. Don't forget this afternoon I'll be doing the National Football Show from 4 to 6. Check us out there. Till then, Barrett, everyone, we'll see you on the flip side. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. 
so good it just disappears. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.